The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the on-demand network wherever you get your podcasts. And like, look, we don't even, like our sirens are broken because of how many different times they've gone off. We just keep mashing it over and over again and we don't even have hard news as we're coming to you live at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And all of our headlines have changed and all of our promotions and all of our rundowns have changed. And the Pac-12 was unable to get its grant of rights signed this morning, according to Brett McMurphy. We don't know if that means that Arizona is going to be off to the Big 12 as it has been expected and widely reported. We don't know if Arizona State, which supposedly was trying to hold this whole thing together, uh, or Utah would end up following as well. We don't know if Oregon and Washington are going to be able to get a Big Ten invite, though the Big Ten presidents have a call scheduled today too. We just thought since the last time that we had checked in was Wednesday that it would be important to, to get connected with you, the audience, with the latest on what we have and what we think. With all that being confusing as hell, yes. um, Danny, which which of these threads do you want to pull on first? Because Gosh. I I think the only certainty thing I do think in our twenty four seven sports, Jason Shear has done really really good job reporting on the Arizona side of things. He is reporting that Arizona coaches have been informed we're Big Twelve bound. You know, like unless anything is crazy is going to happen. Uh, Dennis Dodd has it as a hard lean. Pete Thamel has it as 
expected to go through. If Arizona had signed the grant of rights this morning, that would have been the about face that I think would have surprised me. Since the Pac-12 was unable to get it signed, I'm expecting that at some point today, we might get some Arizona to Big 12. Is Are you as confident in that? So just to give you a little picture of what happened this morning, I was doing the radio show, Chris Budden with ESPN. She was in for Dusty. He was out. And we went off the air at nine. And like the last segment's like, what do you think we're talking about on Monday? And it's crazy because we both were like probably the demolition of the Pac-12. I mean, that's where we were. Everyone was uh, up till this morning when some of the latest, latest breaking news broke. And, you know, she texted me and she's like, I can't believe we're off there. And it looks like the Pac-12 might be saved, which kind of feels like now because that's where I was two hours ago. Oregon, Washington, Big Ten, maybe the four corner schools going to the Big 12. And the Mountain West, not the Pac-12 consumes the Mountain West. The Mountain West consumes the Pac-12. George Klofkoff's gone, and you've got this new West Coast entity in the Mountain West Conference. That's how wild this is. It's almost impossible to catch up to. And here, you you mentioned the coaches at Arizona being told they're going to go to the Big 12. They're probably doing the same thing we are, refreshing Mm -hmm. their feeds, looking for confirmation of anything, because I think they don't even know, which is a really tough spot to be in. So... I'll go with you guys. I think Arizona probably going, but like until you get it from a reputable source, all we're doing is speculating. And a lot of this stuff, even from reputable sources, and you guys know this better than anyone, some of these are planted seeds of, mm-hmm. hey, make them think we're going. Boy, it looks like we're going. And then so you get that other side to get a little bit more desperate, a little bit antsy. If, last thing, I'll let you guys get the word. If George Klyovkov pulls this off and saves the Pac-12, he goes from, you know, the goat, not the goat Messi or Brady, but the goat of you know, saving this conference potentially on the verge of extinction. So I think there's his legacy at stake and the future of college football. It's wild times. I went to bed last night and I was up on my phone scrolling Twitter until like 1 a.m. just because of all the stuff that was happening and like Washington was having an executive meeting. I just was like, all right, I got to keep track of what's going to happen. So I was on Twitter just scrolling, following, getting yelled at by Big 12 fans. And then I wake up this morning and I open Twitter again and the Pac-12 is suddenly saved. And it's like, okay, but Arizona still might be going. Arizona might not be going. Oregon and Washington are staying in the Pac-12, but now Oregon and Washington, the situation remains fluid. Like, I thought I was being cute. I wore a Colorado hat with an Arizona shirt. Like, I thought for the topic of today's show, it was just kind of, you know, funny, stupid, but I I, I don't know what's happening. And also, like, if the Pac-12 does sign the grant of rights, it'll depend on how long it is and how ironclad it is, but I just, I feel like this would, if if you quote-unquote save the Pac-12 now, I don't know if you're saving it long term, if you're just kind of saving it for a little bit. Will it be kind of like the ACC situation where you lock everybody up for over a decade? Maybe. I don't know. But it's just it is the oddest situation to follow. And I truly have no idea what is happening. All I know is that I don't want Oregon and Washington to go to the Big Ten. I didn't want USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. So I just I hope they stay. I hope the Pac-12 survives. I think the variety of conferences in this sport is part of what makes this sport so intriguing and entertaining for the country at large because it's all different varieties of what you're into. The SEC is a different style of football than the Big Ten. The Big Ten is a different style of football than the Big 12, from the Pac-12, from everything, for 
what the goals are of the schools in the conference, what the style of play is, what, you know, it's just everything is more interesting with all of this. And the more you just kind of put it together in one large homogenized product, the, the more vanilla the sport gets. And I don't think that's good long-term. That is, I, I think that I fast forwarded past that into like the cold reality of, of sort of where this is going. And I, I mentioned this to you, Tom, like, I think that our show is well-suited to deal with a future that doesn't have as much because we talk about every team. Like we haven't backed ourselves into one corner. We talk about all these teams. There are not a lot of places where you can find knowledgeable insight, entertainment and analysis on 60 to 90 college football teams. And that is like, that's where we operate. So it doesn't matter what conference they're in, as long as you know they're still existing with coaches and players and going out there and playing on Saturdays, I think that we're going to be able to cover this, but it is, you know, it is a little bit disappointing from someone who does believe that, uh, you know, being having the game on Saturday, be against someone who you go to church with or who you are co- a coworker with, or, you know, somebody who lives down the road from you having the regionality is something that I've always thought was, was super important, but somebody, I, I, I somebody played for the last hundred years, you know, like or the last mm-hmm. 50 years, like a rivalry that's just been traditional and I think that's probably the biggest and like Jake Dickert at Washington State. He was, you know, out yesterday saying this is the ruin of college football. We all wondered when TV money was going to destroy it. And of course, where he is, that's your perspective, because Washington State is just hoping to be a part of the upper tier of college football. And it probably looks like they're on the outside looking in. So there's your perspective there. I also think we we talk about things from a college football's perspective, obviously. But I do wonder the impact of what this means for the non-revenue sports. And that, to me, is what could be more destructive than anything. I think college football at the top 50 programs is going to be fine. We're going to watch it. You know, Does it look different? Yeah, but it'll survive. Some of these other non-revenue sports, I don't know what the heck the future holds for them. I mean, look at the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is renowned for being great at all those non-revenue conference kind of champion. Olympic sports. And we're... We could be wiping that conference from the face of the, you know, from the face of the earth, which will have a tremendous impact on those sports and on the futures for a lot of kids right now who would possibly use those sports to get a college degree, but they don't matter anymore. Do you think that the reason why we're getting all this back and forth, let's let's focus on that Oregon, Washington part of this is because the big 10 is not going to give them a full share right off the bat. And they're basically negotiating what the discounted Mm -hmm. price is on being able to get Oregon and Washington into the conference. And they've each got their own sources and they're leaking out this, you know, little bits because, um, you know, Brett McMurphy five minutes ago, PAC 12 unable to get grant of rights signed and quote, nothing has changed. Uh, Ducks and Huskies still expected to be big 10 bound when finances are worked out. Sources said, I mean, it, you mentioned George Klyovkov saving the Pac-12. I thought that Oregon had a chance to save the Pac-12. If Oregon had stepped up at that meeting and said, "All right, boys, like or boys, boys and girls, gen- ladies and gentlemen, you know, got university presidents, we we got all sorts of uh, you know the, the whole spectrum covered." But if they said, "Let's all right, let's get this done. Let's sign this Apple deal." You know, maybe it's a short deal, right? You maybe you say like, "We're we're only going to do a six-year deal so that we're up in 2030 about the same time that we expect the next round of negotiations and realignment." There was an opportunity there for Oregon to step up and do that. If Oregon and Washington, you know, things you know, flip flop, flip flop, snip snap, snip snap, like going back and forth. If that does continue to push, then I, if you're Arizona State and Utah, then you just jump on board with Arizona on the way to the Big Twelve, right? Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> That's <laughs> come on. Give us a hot take. Come on. Tell us what's happening. Um, 
So we can look foolish on Monday. I'll tell you what's happening. All right. Uh, I I don't know how many of our uh, fellow industry types listen to this show or watch this show, but maybe we don't have to tweet every text we get from somebody. (laughs) Maybe let's just gather multiple information from multiple sources before we put out a tweet and respond to every single thing we get. So we don't have a morning like this one where the Pac-12 has gone from save to dying to save to dying all within the span of an hour and a half. Just a thought. Well, that's, you know, the, the back and forth. It, the, I, you know what's happening to the reporters is they're getting all the positive feedback on it. It's really, really tough to be able to not shut that part of your brain off. I mean, Danny, you know, you love that, that dopamine hit. When that engagement comes, oh yeah, <laughs> when it's when you when you're starting to see the stats fly, you know, and that's certainly what's going to happen when uh whenever any of these reporters have their their little nuggets on the uh, on the deal. So I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, I'm just you know what I'm waiting for is I, I, people in Tallahassee might feel a little left out. All these rumors this morning. When's that one coming in the feed? You know, because it only oh. feels like a matter of time, and they've been very vocal. I will Can say, we talk you about mentioned J.P. Morgan Chase. Yeah, you saw you that? You mentioned Jake Dickert saying how when will TV money destroy college football? Well, the good news for Jake Dickert is that it's no longer TV money destroying college football. Thanks to Florida State, it will be private equity money destroying college football. So there's two ways to read that. And it's a story, I believe, in Sportico, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A story mm-hmm. in Sportico. Um, but Bud's been talking about it for like a week. <laughs> that uh, Florida State is exploring using, uh, they're talking to JP Morgan Chase and they're exploring private equity as a way to uh, finance the athletic department. And it can be read two ways. It can be read, you're going to finance the buyout on out of the ACC, or they are going to use uh, you know an influx of cash to be able to help close that gap with the teams and the programs and the schools in the Big Ten and in the SEC. Florida State already spends more on its athletic department than anyone else in the ACC and is one of the larger budgets throughout all of higher college athletics. Um, Danny, how do you, do you don't have any insight on this? Do you? No, I don't have any sources Intel. Uh, I am in contact with Michael Alford. I know the desire uh, and cl- they haven't been shy about it. Like he doesn't tell me anything different than he tells in the board of regents meeting, which is going to be made public to everyone. My biggest thing is, is Florida state, Using the you know public you know using the the microphone and the the coverage to try I think they clearly are trying to push the ACC and the ESPN deal to somehow rework it and that's their ultimate goal or is it just they really do want to explore these options and both are probably true I think their preference would be ACC figures it out whether it's through addition alliance and it's a rough term to use especially considering the way the <laughs> alliance worked. But I think that would be their preference, like that Jim Phillips steps up, ESPN steps up, and there's some sort of salvage to the situation. But I do think they firmly believe it is not sustainable for the long term that Florida State stays in the ACC with this disparity. So they are actively looking at everything. I don't know how viable the options are, even with private equity money coming in. How how expensive is it? How much are you financing? How quickly could you pay it back? That to me is the the massive number. You know, and and what nobody truly knows, not only the number, but can you fight your way out? Can you take them to court and get out of the media rights angle? To me, I think it's dangerous, too. And I don't just mean like existentially to the sport. I think for Florida State, it's dangerous. If you have a private equity investment into your program, they're going to expect 
a profit in return. It's not like a booster just donating money to build a new athletic facility who's not asking for anything but maybe his name on the building and to feel important. Private equity funds aren't going in there just to lose money. They're trying to make money. They're seeing it as an investment. So if they put all this money in to help Florida State, whether it's to get out of the grant of rights or to do whatever they feel like they have to do to compete for national titles, I've seen, we've all seen what private equity funds do to newspapers once it stops being profitable. They strip them and sell them for parts and they move on. If they do this for Florida State and they do not get the kind of returns that they want and they have a financial stake in the program, they won't be any different with Florida State than they have been with every other company or institution that they have invested in. They will strip it and sell it for parts to get as much money back out of it as they possibly can. And I think it's a bad precedent to set for the sport as a whole because, again, it's just another step towards professionalizing college football as, as a whole. Now athletic programs are just becoming professional organizations and franchises. And this is a step toward that. I mean, it would be revolutionary. And I don't mean that in a good or bad way. I mean, it would be something that we have only seen at the professional level and even at the professional level, um, not you know, very frequently. It's like very, I have to go to La Liga to go and pull some of these examples, you know, to be able to put them all together in terms of places where this has happened. The way that I understand it is that the return would come in the form of future media rights and sponsorships. So the money that is being paid by the company that is going to be the title sponsor in the stadium of something, that money is going to end up going back essentially the way that I understand it to kind of pay off a loan and that these big 10 checks or these SEC checks, you're going to have to pay back some of that to be able to pay off this influx of cash. I think that you would do this to be able to get out of the ACC and then that's what you're pitching in terms of the investment. You are pitching to investors that we've got guaranteed earnings that are going to come in at this number, this number, this number until 2030. The place where it's really, really dangerous, to your point, Tom, is you're guessing that also that means the next media rights deal is going to come up. Mm -hmm. Because I'll tell you what the num what I think the number would be. I think that it's obviously $120 million for the exit fee and then the grant of rights. We can assign a prediction to it. Let's say it's $500 million. And let's say that in court, it's like lawsuit, lawsuit. Um, here's our argument. Here's our argument. Okay, we're going to settle. And the settlement number is $350 million. And let's say that the $350 million is financed by private equity and we're showing what we're going to earn from this you know, Big Ten or SEC deal. And that's how we're going to end up paying you back. Plus, we'll get sponsorships. Okay, yada, yada, yada. That would be $27 million per member school for the ACC. Is Florida State going to fix the ACC's money problems as it's trying to buy out of the conference? The wouldn't it be hilarious twist of this all is that a $30 million I was like, damn, Chip's throwing a lot of numbers at me right now. I'm not sure where this is going. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got it, I got $350 million out to about $27 million per school, and I was like, that's the $30 million gap. Now, it wouldn't be over a year. You know, like that would be just one-time payment. I'm sure that they would come up with some sort of payment plan for it. But that's why, like, North Carolina Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham was popping off yesterday. He said, fine, leave, do it. Just, yep, drop the check, and then and then we'll be fine. Because Florida State leaving and having to pay the grant of rights would fix some, but not all, but some of the money issues in the ACC. And that would be hilarious. What would Bubba say if Florida State left and then the Big Ten called? He might say yes. I don't know. I think that I think it is their desire um, 
I don't know. This I, I don't want to speak it's fun, for isn't it. I, no. You were you were gonna say their desire that the ACC is salvaged, don't you? Like, yes. and that there's yes. yeah. I mean, I think truly, I do think that's what Florida State, Clemson, Miami. I think everybody would love to see things survive, but they know that you can't survive with this current deal, and they're looking at every possible option. Do mm. we mention the thing that you said before we came on air? <laughs> Which thing? Which thing? The speculation about the uh, the Pac-12 and ACC. Because I haven't seen that. Did you guys have that report? Because like, well, because I always when I go to when I say that is, Jim Phillips said on last Thursday after ACC media days, I am you know works. What he said, he didn't say we're open for business. That was Yormark, but he said something similar like we're looking at all exhausting all options. Of the options, that to me doesn't like if you're looking to create value, that would be a way to create value if you have some sort of alignment agreement deal with the pac-12 um so again jason Shear, terrific job about half an hour ago uh there was d discussion of pac-12 and acc trying to help each other through some merger and what i was describing before we came on the air is that when i have heard that gamed out it has been more of a content share than a true merger. Like we're not going to build a conference schedule of the ACC and the Pac-12 playing each other in two different divisions. It was. It would be more of um, the ACC network is where, and Jim Phillips has said this, if you want to know where more money can come from as ESPN is, is going through some financial issues and Disney's not sure what it wants to do with ESPN and obviously the ACC has everything wrapped up, well, the ACC and ESPN are both 50% owners in the ACC network. So if the ACC network is more profitable, that is revenue that is not in the budget. That is revenue that you're not asking ESPN to spend more. And the way that I had heard it gamed out and explained is that if you would bring in the Pac-12 through some sort of partnership, you might be able to make the ACC network more profitable with more live sporting events, less infomercials, you know, less repeats of the awesome ACC tournament documentary and also a West Coast presence, which would help with the distribution. So I don't know I if that's the way. Go ahead. I think I just solved. I just, I just took a piece of paper. I think I solved all our problems. Okay, you ready for the ACC? Mm -hmm. Ready? How's, how does this read? Act 24. <laughs> there you go. Bam. There's all your, all your problems solved right there. Branding. Perfect right there. Danny Cannell. The face of the pack 24. <laughs> um, all right. So the this again, we're we're trying to give as much as we can. Look, we we were so who do we think is gonna win the big 12 this year? <laughs> Texas. Um Jason Shear, Jason Shear says sources indicate to Wildcat Authority that Washington is very concerned with the Apple deal. Arizona and Arizona State are still on track to join the Big 12. Arizona State President Michael Crow is proving to be a stumbling block, but parties involved are confident it can be overcome. So Arizona and Arizona State to the Big 12 and the Big 10 is fighting with Oregon and Washington over how much of a discount they're going to have. And how long ago is this? Because I haven't looked at Twitter in five minutes, so God knows what's happened since. The um, the Washington is very concerned about the Apple deals 10 minutes ago. Okay. And then the Big 10 presidents are currently scheduled for a meeting. Yeah. That's Which not new news, though. We've known Oregon is not – no one's happy with the, uh, the Apple deal, right? Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. But that's like why you would walk away. And there was one wrinkle of this that was like, Apple said the deal expires at the end of the week. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's super villain move. 
Yeah, yeah, they spent like seven or eight months trying to get this thing together. It's like this will expire by the Apple end. Read, <laughs> Apple read the art of the deal. It's like here's this, here's an offer, but it expires on Saturday. But Danny, I mean, we've got a person on this show who knows how easy it is to convince somebody to subscribe to something on Apple. Yeah, I mean, I I went to see Messi, and what's part of his compensation? It is tied to. How many subscribers sign up for the MLS season package, which I wasn't even aware. I just thought it was free on Apple TV and like Amazon Prime with the NFL. You just sign up to the, the service and you get it. So I go to Messi the other night and blown away. We were there six rows up from his sick goal that he had in the first half, seven minutes in the game. We leave the game. And my 11-year-old daughter, she's like, hey, can we watch the game on the way home? So I pull up. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's watch it. It'd be great. So we pull up, open Apple TV, and there's a little red button. It's like live event. I'm like, sweet. Put it, and it says, uh-oh, subscribe. <laughs> so I'm doing the, I'm sitting there, I'm like making that decision. Do I do I do it or do I not do it? My daughter, she looks up at me and she's like, I really want to watch second half. We can watch the rest of the league cup, which I didn't even know was a thing. And now, and so I find myself, I hit the subscribe. Messi got me a non I am not, you guys know this, I'm a big soccer guy now, but a week ago I was not, and it's all because of Messi. He got me to sign up, and we were talking before the show, can't you just picture an Oregon State fan driving home from Corvallis after the game saying, whoa, what a game we had versus Washington State. I got to see the rest of these, and when Boise State comes into the league, whoo, we got to get that. We got to sign up. They don't have me- they need Messi in the Pac 12. <laughs> they need everything they can get. They ain't got a Messi, that's for sure. We need Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> Messi. We need uh David Beckham to come back out and just lace him up because uh it's it's gonna be a tough sell for this uh for this add-on product right now. Um mm. any in anything else we wanna I know that like we can't sit around all day and wait for all these meetings. I thought it was it would be valuable for us to get together, sort of feel out where we are and where we think this is going. So, um, would you guys do me a favor? Yeah, because it's weekends, like one of our last free weekends, right before we have to work and have to watch. I don't want to be attached to my phone. I'm trying to get out, play some golf with the family. Took off the afternoon radio. Will you guys text me if something meaningful happens? Yes. I don't want to have to. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Our subscriber list, we should have that available service for our for our listeners where they don't have to go and fall for every fake report, every news item, every rumor. Just let me know when it happens. Mm-hmm. Now, can we, sure. should we get out some logistics out of the way? Although I might be golfing myself at some point here we, in the near future. So. <laughs> what are are we? What is now? This is this is kind of we're just going to have some behind the scenes stuff here. What is worthy of another emergency pod before Monday? Anything? Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Okay. All right. I'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> you really I'll only t- if it's tomorrow, right? Or is that if like are we going to do double? Has there ever been a double emergency pod in one day? Yes. We, what was it for though? We Fire finished. Zone. We finished yeah. the regular episode, and then as soon as we were done, we got like news: Tom Herman had been fired from Texas or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we just jumped right back on. Um, on Sunday morning. My uh, younger son is getting baptized, and I have played out in my mind that there's going to be a Godfather moment. Yes, I'm up there, 
as they're pouring the water over his head. The ACC is falling apart, and someone kicks in the door on the Pac-12 with a sawed-off, ready to go. And I'm going to be walking down the steps, and I will emerge into a new world. And then I'll get back to my office, and I'll cut on my lights, and Parker and all of her family will be standing there. I say, don't ask me about my business, Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the door and go right into a emergency podcast and CBS Sports HQ and everything that's happening. So I would prefer for my Sunday morning that this be handled before then as a matter Agreed. of course. I would prefer we just wait until like February. Like <laughs> yeah. the season is literally starting in a couple of weeks and we're doing this. It's just, it's annoying beyond belief. Um. The uh, and we've we've made the joke right. Like they can't talk about tampering again, right? No. Like you can't complain about the transfer portal and tampering. <laughs> You're you are ripping apart college conferences with backroom deals. I'm sorry that the wide receivers coach of your rival decided to slide into your players' DMs, but we've this got, is far more significant. We've got schools begging politicians in Congress to help them solve NIL, which is, you know, tearing the sport apart while they're doing this. It's like, come on. Dude. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is not lost on me. Uh, is not lost on me at all. All right. So Danny, Tom, thank you so much for uh, taking some time. I felt like we needed a refresher Wednesday's news. Didn't feel like today's news, whether today's news will hold through today. We will see. But uh, if I would, yeah, I'd say if, if Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten, we'll try to hop back on to, to really address that and sort of see what the fallout is from that. And you can't. Oh, yeah. Got more? Like and subscribe. Because if you don't want to sit around and look at your phone all day, <laughs> if you subscribe, you'll get that alert to get those sirens in your feed so you don't have to do it. So make sure you like and subscribe. Hey, look at, look at Chad here. Chad looking out for our families. Agree. No need for emergency podcasts. Spend time with your families. You can react to any news on Monday. How do you know our families want to spend time with us, Chad? <laughs> All right. And you can follow him on Twitter at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Tom Pernell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Everybody stay cool. Yeah. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.